0: Welcome to our podcast with Emma and Julia, where parenting is at the heart of what we do. Rewind. Reset. Renew. Okay, so welcome Karen Massey to our podcast. It's really lovely to have you here today. So just wanted you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what you do. Oh, thank you
1: so much! Absolutely thrilled to be here chatting to you today. Um, I'm Karen, as as you'll as you'll know already. Um, I'm a qualified children's speech therapist, and I've been doing the the job for 15 years now. Um, took me a little while to work out what I wanted to do in life and I tried a few other things and when I discovered children's speech therapy I knew that's what I really really wanted to do. So for several years I worked in the NHS um, in different roles um, and then um, about two, two years ago, three years ago, um, maybe even more, uh, maybe four years ago, I started to think that I wanted to do things a little bit differently. I really wanted to make as much difference, uh, positive difference to the children and families as I could. And so I started to explore different avenues. So That started with writing a book, um, and then I was introduced to the world of business and entrepreneurship. Um, Absolutely loved, loved, loved learning lots of new things. Got lots more ideas, and um, and now I run one um, therapy business, um, which is local to Greater Manchester. And then um, that wasn't enough. So I've just uh, started up um, a brand new project, which I'm sure I'll tell you about um, a bit later on. So yeah, that's me. And I'm passionate about helping children to start talking.
2: I know. And we've met, haven't we, Karen? Um, And we've been so fortunate to have you in the nursery talking to my parents Um, and, and a little presentation, really, about what you do and top tips for parents and I think that's one of the things I really wanted to get from you today is you know we know the pandemic's happened and I think and with that has come huge issues around speech and language and I know I was on the BBC News talking about you know children have only seen this for a long long time so you know your speech formations the way your mouth works and I just think it's, it's It's quite scary to see that delay. So I just want to know from you, you know, what do you feel? You know, has has the pandemic had an impact on children's development? Do you feel that as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I I 100% agree with that, Julie. Um, I've seen it. Um, And everywhere I go, people seem to be talking about it. And I think initially it was how has it affected the children who were already in the system, as it were, and they were developing. And with, the focus seemed to be on the children who then couldn't attend, couldn't attend nursery, couldn't attend school. And, um, and there was, you know, a noticeable difference when they came back and all the support that that was suggested around, um, you know, emotional development. and um, But I think even more so we're seeing it now um with some of the children who were perhaps sort of just entering into toddler toddler stage and they seem to be really affected that they're starting school now um and teachers are noticing how different they are with their speech and language development and i think The the fact that they've been not able to see all of those cues around the mouth is is a massive impact. It affects the way that you interact. So it's not just about being able to see and hear speech clearly, um, but we focus in on people's mouths when they're talking. So if we can't see them, the tendency would be to sort of not not even kind of look and take notice. Um, and also children's experiences have been so different. So, you know, there wasn't the same opportunities to go out and about and, and do different things because mm-hmm. small children, they learn through experience as well, don't they? And if their experience every day was same old, um, that affects the language that they've heard you know the variety um, everything really has been affected um, and we're still seeing it now I think that's that's the thing for me it's not something that's long gone um, and we're moving on um, it's it's really cropping up in schools and I think the numbers the numbers of children who have got difficulties now um, that's what skills are Sort of feeding back that, that it is it is an issue. It's that expressive language,
0: isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there are, I mean, we know that there's waiting lists for absolutely everything on the NHS anyway, with CAMs and but what, what are you noticing with the speech and language thing? Because before the pandemic were we were the waiting lists still? Is it has it got worse? What what's actually happened with that?
1: Yeah, so before the pandemic i was working i was working in, in, a, in a local nhs trust um, and now i'm not, and now I'm, I'm in my own business um, but what i would say is that yes yes uh, referral rates were high um before the pandemic and and services were stretched and and it, it was um you know it was definitely difficult for people to be keeping on top of waiting lists um with the pandemic um a lot of services either stopped or they slowed down they couldn't work in the same way. So um, children were left for longer without the support. Families were, were left without the support. I think now what, what we're seeing certainly um, as a private organisation is that children are being referred younger. Again, a lot of younger children referred through. And I I wonder if that people are so conscious and aware of the impact that the last few years have had um, that they're anticipating um the the issues yeah. a bit more, yeah yeah, so what
0: ages are you seeing
1: so we we we're getting referrals, a lot of referrals from um two year olds um coming through whereas previously um typically it would be three three four year olds and children approaching school age and that's that would be usually when we'd expect parents to be having those conversations and thinking about starting school and getting worried if the child um didn't seem to be meeting those milestones that they perhaps wouldn't be ready to cope Um, and we're certainly seeing um slightly younger children um you know around around the two-year mark i'd say
2: That's quite interesting, because obviously being in the nursery in Mm -hmm. the early years, one of the things we are really focusing on, uh, and this has come sort of government initiative and uh, council-led, really, is we should be doing these welcome assessments early on. We do the SQs from two, you know, those checks. And those are the things we're looking at, those primaries of development, communication and language, you know, can children recall? Can they listen? What's the listening attention Mm -hmm. like? Have they got expressive language? So obviously those referrals are probably going to come in earlier and because that's the sort of agenda in terms of how we catch up. So I think, you know, that is that doesn't surprise me. One of the things I did want to say is we've recognised that. But what sort of top tips? Well, not top tips, but how could parents support their child at home before that referral happens if they wanted to encourage speech?
1: Yeah, so, and there are lots of ways, um, particularly with younger children. Younger children learn best. Um, they're going to do better when they're in their own familiar environments, when they're relaxed, when they're comfortable. We know that small children, they're not very good at performing. So sometimes families will wait for those um, those appointments, access the service and then the the children sort of get a bit stunned with the pressure and um, and don't perform and it can all be a little bit disappointing. So I'd say try not to wait. You you want that help and it's right to get the referrals and and, um, I definitely do think that access to services is really, really helpful and it's important um, to strive for. But in the meantime, as parents or carers, um, you, you are actually best placed. And I know it's a bit of a cliche and I know it can sound like passing the book, in a way, um, back, you know, well, well, you can do it all, but um, that's only because studies have have shown us, and I've seen it, that the interaction that you can have with your child is very special, Um, so capitalising on that, and and sort of that self-talk with yourself, that you have got lots and lots of skills, you are equipped with so much that has already helped your child grow as much as they have done, and you've got those skills within you. Um, Now, and it's just sometimes it's to being aware of them and recognising them. So things that you can do. um, We know that if you're able to spend in just a tiny amount of one to one time with your child every day, if you can, just five minutes can make a difference five minutes set it aside stop everything else remove all the distractions um julie you mentioned attention and listening and that ability to sort of tune in to you as a person and what you're saying so screens off um try and get as as quiet and calm as you can and just sit back and watch wait see what your child does and then join in with them and for five minutes try not to be getting distracted by other things um and then you might you might be surprised you might be having so much fun that the five minutes turns into 10 turns into 15 and before you know it you're not getting anything done but that's that's what your child might need right now and um what do you
2: think about yeah. information carrying words you know parents sometimes overspeak. Mm-hmm. you know we hear that put a sock yeah. in it and take five all these analogies that have come out support language <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe you yeah. could explain why that's important too for our parents
1: yeah absolutely so um, less is definitely more the less you say the more chance your child has to not only understand what you've said and process it because they need time and space to process language especially early on um, but also it gives them more opportunities more pauses and silence to actually start using their voice and have their turns as well. Um, so, yes, we need to model language and speech, and it's it's really interesting for children to listen to, all that beautiful intonation. You can do that when you're reading them stories, singing songs. Um, but in every day, a really simple commentary and lots of repetition, just single words at, at the start, um, you know, not all the time but when you're really focusing on it that's what children will be able to pick up on most so yeah definitely less
0: is more so tell us as well a a little bit about processing time because we do as parents try to say too much to encourage the speech and to you know and I'm always saying less is more as well but lots Mm. of parents come to us and say um they're not listening um and it takes a lot longer doesn't it for children to process what you're actually saying to them and it's always a lot about. When you're giving instructions and you always say, go and get your shoes on, then get your bag, then get your coat, then do this. And and it's like, oh, they're overwhelmed, aren't they? So what is the what's the kind of thing with processing?
1: Yeah, it it is. You, You find yourself in a catch 22 because the times when as a parent you are giving those instructions and you really need your child to listen, you're often in a rush um it's an important instruction which is why you need them to listen so uh, the pressure everything is against you as a communicator in those situations um but if you can just stop um call the name are they actually turning to you have you got their attention first do you need to before you even give the instruction do you need to have a look at the environment are there too many things going on is it time to maybe switch a few things off put a few things away um get down on their level make sure that they can physically yeah. see you notice you um you know do you need to give them a little bit of a you know a bit of a, a bit of a touch as well as you say in the name right I've got your attention okay I'm going to give you an instruction tell them that they need to listen sometimes you know children have you got your listening ears switched no, on, do. yeah um, <laughs> Let them take a bit of ownership. You know, are, are they aware when they're listening? Um, they, they like it too, and then give them the instruction and, and like say, Emma, it's one at one at a time, and then give them time to go away and process, think about the words that you said um you know and they might come back because they've forgotten what you've said and you've got to say it again but yeah you'd be surprised the amount of time that they really need so if they're not following your instructions it's not necessarily them yeah (laughs) it's sometimes it's it's us um and and being a bit more conscious of of how we're delivering that language definitely
0: yeah. So I'm just thinking, how long do we wait when you've given one instruction? How long do you think we need to wait until we might say it again? And then do we say it again or do we wait again or what? What is it? There's no. So there's no
1: magic answer to that because every child does have different needs. Yeah. Um so some children may be able to process quicker than others and be able to act and they've done it and they're ready for the next next instruction other children will take longer and I would say if you can wait up to about seven seconds some children will need longer than that yeah. um but If you can wait seven seconds, see what happens in that seven seconds, which is a long time, but they might need it. See what happens if you are the one who decides I'm going to repeat my instruction because they're not doing it. What you might do is interrupt their processing, and they may have been just about to do what you've asked them to do, but by repeating yourself, they go right back to the beginning. Yeah. And they've got to start the processing all over again. So try not to repeat too soon. Repeat your instruction when they give you a signal mm-hmm. that they've, they've not understood or they've forgotten um, or they've got distracted. Um and, and let them be the one that kind of gives you that me- that message that they need the instruction again and mm. um, they might a repetition might be just what they need but if you give it at the wrong time too soon like I say they can be back to the beginning <laughs> and then you've got yeah. to wait again
2: yeah okay. yeah yeah I think um, a lot of parents always realize that why speech is important and Sometimes it might be the way that the the formation of the words, or they may speak with a lisp, and it looks really cute with when they're sort of under five. But actually, if that's not addressed, that brings other issues, doesn't it? So, can you sort of explain to parents why speech is important?
1: Yeah, um, and that that's that's a big part of um, the work that I do as well. Sort of really focusing in on speech because I think we all once we're aware of speech and language, we sort of are aware of the. The importance of tuning in and listening and attention and processing and understanding of language, which which are the foundations they're They're really, really important. But the speech, the expressive side and how we produce our speech is, I think it is important, just as important. Um, It gives people the opportunities that that they get. Um, Children who are more verbal and more uh, are clearer with what they say tend to get heard more and more quickly. Um, And I like to say, as they get older, people become more socially aware as well. Um, So it can affect confidence levels, the way that they interact and make friends. Um, And the thing is that if we can spot things and start help at an earlier age before the social awareness and the kind of confidence starts to get knocked, um, mm-hmm. then we don't ever need to sometimes go through any of those later issues. So, yeah, speech is important and it, and it can cause issues for children later on. Um, so it's always worth, always worth seeing if, if we can do things early um, just to help.
0: Yeah. OK, so mm-hmm. uh, when we're thinking about you're getting referrals at age two, when should a parent kind of be worried then about the speech? What's the spec with that? Um, we all,
1: I suppose we all respond to situations differently, don't we? When, our, what I would say is, if you are worried, don't let anybody tell you you don't need to be. Because... Once you once you've got that initial feeling, that niggly feeling that something isn't quite right, that you're not quite happy with how your child is, and you will get that instinct as a parent. Once you've got that feeling, no one else is going to be able to say something that is going to take that away. Mm. Um, so, as practitioners, as as therapists, you know, educators, whatever our role around that child, when we're not the parent ourselves yes it's important to be that to be that reassuring voice and to acknowledge where things are going well um and not to not to create panic um but when parents are worried already I think from my perspective it's important to listen to that worry and and and, and really take that on board um because my experience tells me that they're they're usually onto something and then um mm-hmm. And then the best thing we can do is then start with our early support. Um, there isn't, so There isn't. again, there isn't, um, you know, a set time or, or place when, you know, now you need to be worried. I think um, for parents listening, I think if your child is in a setting where they're going regularly and with all of the, ways that staff in nurseries um have to kind of support children's development and kind of track development and and see how your child is interacting with other children i think if you're hearing those messages that there are some levels of concern and worry within the setting i think um my advice would be to take notice of that and and understand where that where that worry is coming from, that it's coming from a place of wanting your child to do as well as they can and get the best support that they may may need. I think it can be really easy to ignore those initial signs um because we don't want to see them. We don't want to hear it. We don't have those conversations, um, and they're not easy conversations. Um, but, yeah, again, if you can turn that worry, um, those awkward conversations into practical help um, you can move on much more positively so yeah I think I it's that. important.
2: So obviously in a nursery we do the as I said we would do welcome assessments but we do language through listening we focus on nursery rhymes every day we do pick out those keywords. We're looking at children really learning between five and eight new words a day at that toddler age, aren't we, Karen? And I think if there's any top tips we can give parents, you've you've raised a few today, and that is making sure you have that one-to-one time. And that could be in the bath, couldn't it? It could literally be finding things in the bath, squish, squash, you know, making sounds. You know, it could be bedtime stories that are part of your everyday routine. Um, taking that time to introduce, when you go on trips, pointing out new things and can they make the sounds of the animals if you go to the farm. So there's lots of ways we can do that. But have you got any other things that parents could be doing at home that could help support that language? Any other couple of ideas that they could go away with?
1: Yeah, I mean, books, rhymes, experiences are, are all fantastic and you'll be ticking off. So many boxes that you don't even realise for your child's communication development just by having those everyday experiences, like you say, Julie, and just pausing and tuning into them a little bit more. Um, I've written down five top tips that I wanted really? to share today. Yeah, There's always more well, than five, isn't there? But I've written them down so I didn't so I didn't forget any. Um, and these are just my tips today because <laughs> mm-hmm. there are so many things we can be doing. Um, my number one is. When your child isn't doing something, I like to add the word yet. And if we do that, so my child's not talking, my child's not talking, it can sound very negative and it can get us down. My child's not talking yet. It suddenly flips the narrative and and we we just think, oh, oh, well, well, one day they will. And and it might even it might be soon. And so anything your child can't do, just add the word yet. Such a powerful word. Mm -hmm. And it will change the way that you think about it, because what they're doing today doesn't tell us anything about what they'll be doing next week, in the next few months, the next year. Um, It just tells us what they're doing today. That's all. My number two. Is it kind of links with that? Is focus on the strengths, focus on what they can do, what they're good at, and that will build their confidence. We're all good and bad at different things, and if I woke up every day and focused on the things I was rubbish at and spent more of my time doing those things, I can tell you I would not be happy. I think about what I'm good at and I spend more of my time doing those things and as a result when I've done that in a day I feel more confident and I'm much more likely to learn in the areas that I'm less good at as a result so try and focus on what they're good at. Um, Number three remember the fun stuff so communication can sometimes get a bit lost in the can they tell you what they want um you know asking for the toilet all of those things um the the ne- necessary communications aren't they? they they get us our basic needs and wants yeah. but don't forget the fun stuff too just the being together having connections giggling um you know when we're relaxed and comfortable when we're having fun, we learn best and children will pick up more of the cues and the signals that you're sending them if you try to just have fun and enjoy being together. Um, it's an area of communication in itself, that social interaction um, development, and it is, is just as important as learning the words and getting the speech produced clearly. Um, number four celebrate the small steps sometimes we're looking for those huge goals if we've got a child who's not yet talking it's i want them to start talking and that might be a massive step for your child going from not talking to talking celebrate the small steps along the way um you know no matter how small they're just as important as those big ones and you'll start to tick them off more quickly and you'll feel happier um, in doing so. And before you know it, those big steps will be achieved. And then my final tip for today is that there is always still time for improvement and progress. So please, please never give up. We work with teenagers um, sometimes who come and see us. Um, you know, I know we're, he's, he's nearly 18 now, but he came to us when he was 16 and he was described as nonverbal. He actually had a few words that he could use, but his confidence was so low that nobody got to hear them. Um, and he's made amazing progress.
2: That's amazing. And
1: that's starting off as a 16-year-old. Wow. So if you're listening to this and your child is two, three, four, five, six, seven, you know, th- never, never stop and say, "Oh, it's not happening." If you've got that little bit of hope inside you, um, just just know that there are there are always going to be older children, older people than yours, who have started to find their voice. Um, so, yeah, never give up.
0: Okay, brilliant. So tell us then about your new projects that you mentioned earlier. What's going on for you? Oh, yeah, I
1: feel like I'm one of these people who's always got new things going on. <laughs> I'm in very good company this morning. Um, yeah, it's what are you not doing, Karen? Oh, slow down. Um, no, so two things that I want to I want to mention. Um, so the first, I did I did start to say at the beginning, I've got a new a new business. Um, it is brand new, so it's not, it doesn't feel like it's fully there yet. We're making tweaks all the time. It's called the sensory speech box and this was set up so i set this up with a colleague and we set it up because we saw that we're able to offer a certain level of therapy service as an organization but we can't see everybody Mm. and we've seen that people struggle to access therapy support and often when they access therapy support therapy might look like your child gets observed your child engages in some activities and then you're given some advice some goals to go away and work on and it might be you as a parent or it might be um your child's um school um and you're given given some advice and tips but then you've got to think right well how do I? How do I implement that? So our boxes we've put together. Each box has a collection of resources in the box. So you take mm-hmm. your box off the shelf, out the cupboard, wherever it is, um, and it's got what you need in there for a certain set of um, speech sounds. So it very much focuses on that speech side. It's not about learning new vocabulary, really. It's not about following instructions. It's about oh, my child can't say certain sounds. I've noticed they can't say certain sounds and the box will focus on those sounds. It has some opportunities for listening, processing those sounds. And it's also got activities for actually physically producing the sounds too. So that's what that's what that's about. And then with all about speech therapy, which is the therapy service um, that we offer, um, again, thinking a little bit broader to... Who can we support who we're not supporting currently? We've got a membership which is launching in February 2024, and that is going to be a group support um, space for primarily parents but also educators. We're not going to exclude anybody. You could be a grandparent, you could be an aunt, you could, you know, if you're concerned and you want to help your child or a child that you know and you, you're you're in that space then um the membership will be a space where we'll support you and um, so it's going to be online it's a digital um, membership so that we can reach people further afield is people who that are at the time. sorry is there a cost to that group membership yes yes it will be a paid service so um yeah we've got we've got our um social channels um with our youtube um where we've got all our videos where people can access as well we've got our facebook support group, which is a which is obviously a free um membership already um but the membership will be a paid membership where we're offering trainings um we q and a and um a bit more bespoke to the
0: people who join so yes brilliant excellent that's brilliant so what names do we search for on social media so all about speech
1: therapy yeah does what it says on the tin yeah um and sensory speech box brilliant and
2: we've loved having those in nursery and thank you for obviously those trialing those speech boxes um you know this is a really really good sort of Business you've now got because you're giving people tools to use. And I think that is absolute paramount in sort of setting schools, where often teachers say, well, we don't know what to do. We're not experienced. We're not experts. Yes, there's a cost to that. But actually, you know, you're supporting those children. and You've got a toolbox to use throughout the education system. So thank you, Karen, for coming today and speaking to us. And uh, it's been amazing, hasn't it? Finds you. out all about what you're doing. You're a wonderful person. Keep up the great work, yeah. because we need you. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe we'll invite you in to nursery again so you can meet our parents and do a little bit more
0: work. So, mm-hmm. brilliant. Fabulous. Thank you, Karen. All right.
1: Thank so you. Thanks, Julie and Emma, for, this, for today. It's been a pleasure. No, no problem. No
2: problem. Fabulous. All right, you take care now. All right, Karen. Thank you so much. Oh.
0: Thank you for squeezing me in, <laughs>
2: <Perfect
0: timing. laughs> Yes. Yeah, you. you enjoy your day. Enjoy it. Amen. Right. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.